0: Hi, everyone. I'm very excited today because we have a therapist here, (laughs) which I know a lot of you wanted a therapist to come on the show. And I feel like I get the added benefit of getting some therapy for free. So (laughs) we have Molly Eliasov here. She's a psychotherapist and private consultant. She helps people who, quote unquote, have it all, including CEOs, celebrities and professional athletes. She transforms the lives of these high powered individuals from simply successful to actually feeling fulfilled. Molly is also the host of the More With Molly podcast and her expert advice has been featured in national publications, including NBC, Forbes, and Thrive Global. Molly, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, I'm so excited about this.
0: Awesome, so this episode will be about communication because I feel that a lot of people struggle with communication. And I think it should be something that should be taught in school. But it's not. (laughs) But I think that, (laughs) that life skill will get you so far if you have good communication. So this could be communication exercises, communication around expressing what you need, your boundaries, if your boundaries change. So can we cover all that?
1: Oh, we definitely can. I'm so excited to talk all things communication.
0: Awesome. So you've worked with individuals. You also have worked with couples before. Are there any things that keep showing up in terms of patterns with communication? Like Mm. what do people have the problem most with? You know,
1: I think you said it really well. We don't get trained on how to communicate effectively, right? So all we're using is what we've learned from our parents or the roadmaps that have come before us. And sometimes that's really effective, helpful information. And sometimes it might not be the most strategic approach, right? And from there, like we have no guidance, but what we're seeing on television or what we're reading in books, and then we're just playing that out. So one of the things I've noticed that's really challenging for people is relearning their patterns, right? Shifting the way they're communicating and understanding that all of us need help with that. It's not shameful if we don't know what we're doing or if we're using things that are ineffective. We all just have to kind of like keep moving forward and taking the knowledge in as we go.
0: And how can someone start bettering their communication?
1: Oh, such a good question. I would say a great place to start is to do some learning from communication experts. So reading some books or looking up some YouTube, really trying to dive into what else exists out there. And of course, I'm a big fan of going to speak to a therapist directly or a coach directly because they're going to give you concrete tools based on where you are currently right now. So your skill set might be really different based on uh, you know what's what's happening in the book, or it might be really different than your partner's. And having an expert who really understands your learning curve and what you need is going to be really helpful for being able to actually move the needle forward.
0: I agree because I've done a ton of personal growth from reading books to workshops to seeing a therapist, coaches, and the things that were most effective was when I was working with someone. Because when you're reading a book, you can get good nuggets and aha moments, but you're still seeing it the way that you see it without someone maybe asking a question away from For you to reframe how you would see something.
1: Totally. And I'm a big fan of, you know, one of the things that I feel like I have that's a strength is like almost my dog whistle ear. Like I can hear what's happening beneath what someone's saying. And usually when you've done this work enough, when you've been a therapist long enough or you've been a communication coach long enough, you really can pick up on things that people are saying much faster than they might when they're just speaking to a friend. So there's so much benefit from talking to an expert.
0: Wow, can you share some of those things of because I I'm not good at that because I'm very logical, I'm very direct and if you if someone needs something the the best way that I hear it is if it's literal. Like what do you need? Yes. If it's like do I look do I look fat in these jeans if they're looking for reassurance sometimes. In the past I I'm more literal. I'm just like all I hear is you want the answer, the literal answer to that of what I think. But it's like, no. So sometimes I find it hard to to actually hear, quote unquote, what they're saying. And then I also have to, you know, remove my ego and be like, "You're I need you to. Talk the way that I I need you to talk.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think that's a really good question. You know, and I think this applies for your relationships as well as if you're in the expert role, right? So this goes either way. I really think about it as listening for the emotion. So you're trying to listen for the feeling underneath, right? So if someone says to you, "Do I look good in these pants or these jeans, etc.?", they're saying like, you know can you reassure that I am feeling self-conscious right now and I have no reason to, right? So you're hearing those feelings and then you can speak to the emotion rather than just the question, right? That's where like, especially like very typical and like a heterosexual couple, like men have learned to not answer that question or just say yes without even looking, right? Because they don't want to do any bruising. They're used to answering typically pretty logically, pretty rationally. Here's a direct answer. But what we're really trying to do is answer the underneath question, which is, can you validate that I feel OK and that I look OK so I can feel less self-conscious underneath?
0: And then what about two people is there like a meeting in the middle because we all would prefer things to be done our way like can you just talk to me like if you need reassurance can you just say Mm. hey I'm looking for reassurance right now can you just give me a compliment I mean I don't think that's necessarily a fair thing for someone to ask like I need you to do it this way but then on the other hand like where is that balance yeah where is that balance
1: (laughs) (laughs) Love this question. I, I mean, I think what you actually do as a coach is really, really smart, right? Saying, hey, this is how I best help and this is how I best hear it. Can you meet me at that place, right? That's really helpful to do in a partnership as well. To have your partner go, hey, this is how I best receive information. Can you try and deliver it to me this way? Really also understanding that our partner does not necessarily communicate that way naturally. So really being able to say openly, vulnerably, hey, this is what I need, and understanding that your partner is not going to necessarily be able to do it that effectively but wants to. And then you can use that information, hopefully, as a couple or in your relationship to more smoothly and effectively move through kind of a awkward discussion.
0: Would you say that you're trained in therapy, but do you think intuition helps with hearing what people are really trying to communicate?
1: Ooh, this is a goodie. This is a good question. You know, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on how you define intuition, right? So to me, it's a skill to be able to listen for a feeling. But other people might label that and identify that as intuition, your gut reaction, right? So I think however you think about it, you're really just trying to understand not just what someone is saying, but the feeling underneath it, right? It's like watching a movie and just thinking about the actual script. You want to also feel the music and the background and the underneath sentiment because all of that adds to the dialogue,
0: Yes, and I ask that because my (laughs) husband tends to, I mean, it's it's my favorite thing about him, but usually your favorite thing about someone is also, there's the other side of it, the part that can drive you crazy too. And because he's not a sensitive person, and I think that's why we work well together. I think if I was with someone really sensitive, I I wouldn't be able to be (laughs) self-expressed. So he's not very sensitive, but I do feel like he also then doesn't pick up on those little things. So I get... I'm wondering would it be possible I actually I asked him I'm like would you be up for going to therapy or like you know like so we can work on our communication nothing's been detrimental or wrong but I think it's good to have that practice and and he's open to it but I w- I was just wondering I'm like is it possible for for change or do I, or do you just have to kind of accept it's probably a little bit of both of course Acceptance is important in your partner.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you nailed it. It's a little bit of both, right? And I think about like if you think about intuition instead, like a skill, right? That my partner could gain the skill to pick up on those little things, right? It might mean me cueing in a different way rather than me feeling like I'm being really obvious, but maybe I'm being subtle. I might have to be a little bit more overt. And at the same time, my partner might need to watch for certain things that they normally don't pick up on, like my facial expressions, right? And that's where like going to a therapist can be so helpful. A therapist can help point that stuff out so that you have a third party kind of helping explain, you know, when when she starts to like frown a little, like this is a good time to say, hey, what's going on? is so something to shift for you.
0: Got it. Oh, I'm excited about the <laughs> possibilities of this yes. <laughs> with my husband and also myself. I know I need to work on my communication a lot. I think my main challenge is that I could be too direct without considering someone else's feeling Mm. but that it could I could bulldoze yeah which is for people who are in a position like if you're in a managerial position or you own your own company shutting that off sometimes is hard I'll just speak for myself is hard sometimes yes do you do you encounter (laughs) that that? because you work with a lot of high profile people yeah do a lot of them struggle in the area of personal relationships because they're so high powered in their career Day to day lives.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it, right? We really want to make sure that we kind of leave our work self at work and understand that our personal self is our personal self, except that we're also a hybrid of both those people, right? So there are some positives to our kind of managerial direct selves at home, too, right? Like if our partner is futzing over how do they deal with the chores or how are we going to deal with planning a vacation and you're able to say, hey, this is what we need to concretely do they might be super relieved and happy, right? So I like to think about it as like our strengths can help us in all environments and places. We also need to understand when they might need a counterbalance, right? When being direct, maybe in a way that is harmful or hurtful or just is too vulnerable for your partner, might need a slightly different skill up your sleeve, like having a softer approach just in certain moments.
0: Hmm. Oh, be more aware of that. (laughs) Are there are there any communication exercises, like popular communication exercises that are really simple that people can start doing right now at home?
1: Yeah. So the Gottmans, G-O-T-T-M-A-N, yeah, they're they're great. I mean, I I've done a lot of studying in their institute. They have so much information out there and they have this wonderful card deck that is a literal card deck, but now they've put it on an app so you can actually take the app and play this game at home too, and there's multiple different card games in the card deck, but basically there are ways for you to connect with your partner. So there are ways around intimacy to connect more, there are also just ways to communicate more deeply. My favorite is they have this open-ended question card deck that allows you to not just ask yes or no questions to your partner, but really these exploratory questions. And one of the biggest things that helps a couple stay alive over a long period of time is curiosity. So being able to go deeper, and we don't always do that, right? Sometimes we just go like, what are you eating for dinner or what should we cook tonight or what did you do with your day? And they're kind of these like perfunctory discussions. And we go deep and we explore like what's making you passionate these days, right? Sometimes we can move so much closer to our partner, which is what we all want.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I'm going to have to look up that deck yes. and do it because the times that Pete and I do show up curious, those are the best conversations sparks intimacy, passion. I think it's easy just to assume you know someone after so many years. But I think when you once you collapse that it's it's not a good feeling that that's when I feel like it marriage can turn boring. I I don't know if there's a better term for that, but just kind of stale. And like you said, it's so easy just to be on autopilot and just be on our, you know, be on our phones in the evening. Yeah, I really have to be aware of that and i i don't want to go down um ba- you know like doing bad habits
1: yeah you know i'm a big believer that like it's not bad or good right we're we're just kind of constantly learning and if we can be like kinder to ourselves that like I'm just, I'm a person in a relationship and I'm trying. As long as you have that intention behind you, I think you're already in a really strong place, you know? And I think that like we constantly are learning by the doing also. So if you switch things up periodically and go, maybe we should like try one night a week to put our phones away, just see what happens. Maybe we'll like pull out a board game we used to love to do together and then it can start to feel light and easy. But you know, we're always growing as individuals and in our couple self. So as long as we can accept that nothing is supposed to stay the same, we're in a good state.
0: What would you, what advice would you give to someone who struggles with communicating their needs?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So my favorite place to start for this is to have a self date. So I like to talk about that as an opportunity to just like sit down with yourself and a piece of paper and a pen and really think about what are you kind of teeming to say, like what is boiling underneath that you really want to describe to a person in your life, let's say your partner in this example. You want to just like free flow and let yourself just get it out. Because it's going to be really hard for you to actually get it out to the person if it's uncomfortable to talk about your needs. From there, what I like to recommend is just to highlight the things that seem to pop up over and over again, right? Those bullet points. So when you decide that it's time to approach your partner, you at least have an outline that you can just read off of, right? So even if it's hard to express your needs, to be able to go, hey, this is what I've been thinking about. You know, I don't know what to do with this. I'm not sure where we go with it. But here's what I'm thinking. You know, and I think even bigger than that exercise is to remember that your needs really matter and your partner wants to show up for your needs, but you have to let them in for it to actually happen.
0: That's great. That reminds me of uh, with some exes or even friends when I had something really important to say, I actually would send it in letter form mm. because the cl- there was more clarity or I could do it with more clarity in written form. And I I would give it just give them a heads up. I said, I don't know if this is awkward, but I I just wrote it out. I just didn't want to miss anything if yeah. I were to try to say it to them. Yeah. And in some instances that worked better for me. Yeah. But I what I'm hearing you say from the exercise is basically the clarity will help number one of what do you actually need? Mm. And I feel like once you have that clarity, you'll be more confident in expressing that to yeah, someone. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and I would highly recommend that you you do that as an exercise by yourself and then take that information and verbalize it to your partner, especially in a relationship. What can happen and it happens all the time when I work with couples is these nuanced moments that you have no idea the word you chose sparked a trigger in your partner. And all of a sudden they're shutting down, they're upset, they're not listening, and if you just keep reading, you miss that moment to clarify to go, "Wow, that word is not what I meant you to feel." I want you to actually feel this. This is what I was actually trying to describe.
0: So in-person conversations, you think are always better. Always. That's my, you know, I learned that from my husband as well, because sometimes I would, I would text even, it might be a short sentence. You know, I'm not one to like argue or have a conversation via text, but I would just start something or if it's on my mind and, He would either pick up the phone and call me or say, like, can we talk about this when we get home? And he said a lot can get lost in text. And he's like, I want to talk to you face to face, which I think is fantastic (laughs) that he's willing to do. He's just more old school, too. I'm on my phone all the time. Anyways, I'm on Instagram. Like I message people all all the time. So I think I'm a, a little more casual with that. But I have learn that in person, those little nuanced, like the pauses and... That is more effective.
1: Yeah. And if you don't have access to that, right, if you don't have the ability to see each other, hopefully now almost everyone can. But, you know, some couples are separated in quarantine and in different countries. You know, voice memo or video, I would recommend highly because you want to use those cues of the facial expressions and the intonation, which can tell you so much. Nonverbal cues tell you so much information. So the more you can move away from just the words on the screen,
0: the better. What about boundaries, communicating boundaries Mm -hmm. and Because those can change over time, too. What's a good way to start a discussion or maybe just like an important discussion in general? What's a good way to start it with someone without so they don't feel attacked or is this heavy? Like, oh, no, she wants to talk again.
1: (laughs) Yes. So I often say and I don't like to say do nots very often, but I say do not (laughs) start with can we talk, which is the classic approach.
0: Yeah, I don't like when people say that to me either. (laughs) It's right? it's usually not a good I, good thing. Yeah. Can we talk? <laughs> I feel like I'm in trouble.
1: That's exactly, exactly it, right? All of a sudden, you feel like you're being called in the principal's office, like something really bad is happening. You get a sinking feeling in your stomach and you're stressed out, right? So automatically, your partner's not going to be as receptive and listening as clearly. So it's just really helpful to have a space and a time that's really natural and calm and relaxing for your relationship to enter those dialogues. So you want to think about kind of the environment and the vibe first. Now, we don't all have that, right? If you have a lot of kids running around quarantined, you might not have that calm, quiet right now. Um, But if you have the ability to know that, you know, Sunday nights are really relaxing, no one's thinking about work, you've just had a lovely meal, and things are really easy, that can be a great time to approach the topic, whatever it is you want to talk about. Let's say boundaries in this example. And the next step that I'd really highly recommend is start with a positive, something encouraging about your relationship before you turn to the topic that's a little bit more difficult. Hon, I'm feeling like we're such a good team these days. I feel like you and I are synced up and I'm, I'm just feeling so in love with you, which is so magical, you know? And I had this thought about, you know, how we've been communicating about boundaries lately. I feel like we could come back to a piece of that that we like haven't touched on in a while. And I'd love to just flush it out with you. What do you think? You okay. know?
0: And what if they what if they say no? <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't want, or I, I don't want to talk about it right now. And yeah. what if they keep pushing it off that they don't want to talk about yeah. something?
1: Again, curiosity is a great thing, right? So this could be a great opportunity to be like, huh, you know, thank you for sharing that with me. I'm so curious, you know. I've brought this up a few times and that seems to be your reaction. I'd love to know what that's about. Can you tell me more? Got it. You know?
0: Okay. And then at some point, if someone isn't willing or they're avoid, they just keep avoiding. Yeah. I mean, I'm at a place where I would feel like, no, like if you don't want to work, it's basically they don't want to work on the relationship. That would probably be a, you know see. uh, (laughs) I'm thinking about my listeners right now because a lot of them, they they have questions like that. Like, I'm not I'm not sure what to do. Yeah. But I usually say you do everything that you can do. You express and you tell them everything that you need. And that's all you really can do. You can't control what the other person does. You know, how they
1: react. 100%. The only person we can control is ourselves, right? So, what we can do is put ourselves at the table, like kind of what you're expressing, you know, that we can share, hey, this is what we've been thinking, this is what I've been feeling, and this is what I want to talk to you about. But the other thing I would add to that is like thinking about where your partner might be coming from that they might be having difficulty verbalizing. Now, you don't have to get into their head. This isn't like something that you can guarantee, but it's trying to basically empathize with your partner. So, thinking, Hmm. why is my partner maybe avoiding this topic? Are they nervous about how vulnerable they're going to feel? Are they feeling like I'm going to be angry and that's not something they'd like to feel? You know, what's going on with that? And then trying to think about how do you include soothing them in that possible way in the conversation, right? So if they're worried about you getting angry, it's an opportunity for you to say, you know, I know you don't love these conversations because you're always worried about them being a fight, you know? But I I really just, I want to move closer to you. I don't want to fight. And I feel like this topic is starting to bridge like a gap in our relationship. If we leave it like unsettled, if we leave it alone, we don't get that bridge, that
0: connection, that closeness. And I want that, you know? Oh, that's good. I can (laughs) use that because I think the soothing, I think I'm not the best at creating a safe space. Yeah. For my husband to talk to. I'm not the the softest person all the time. I really I've done a lot of work where I really try to, you know, like don't because I know how good it feels when someone's not judgmental, when they yeah. do give that space. He is actually fantastic at that. So I try my best to give it back. But I know sometimes I just like wanna know. And the that entrepreneurial part of me that just wants to like force it an yeah answer. I I know it it doesn't serve our relationship well. So I really try to sink into that. Yeah. Soothing mode.
1: <laughs> I love that. And, and if soothing feels too fluffy or light for you, like if, if you're someone who just like doesn't connect with that sentiment, I think that's okay. Right. It's just thinking about, so let's use the entrepreneurial example for, for example, you know, you want to think about if I had to seal a deal with someone right now, right. Another business or a client. And I just pushed the likelihood that they're gonna sign might happen, but they also might get pushed away, right? So how do I soften? How do I even just pull back in my conversation with them? So I say, hey, this is what I have to offer. This is how it could really benefit and help your life. I'd love to see that change happen in your life, but it's up to you, right? That pullback is a little less intense. And we can do the same thing with our partner, right? We can be straightforward and go, I want us to fix this. I want it to feel easier. I don't want it to
0: feel so intense.
1: And I feel like this is a topic that's getting in our way. How do we do that? Right then, the pullback.
0: Ah, the pullback. <laughs> that is so helpful for me because I actually I haven't figured out what's the most effective way when I do want to answer for my husband or go deeper or, or fix something. What is the most effective that that works with him? Because I have in the past I have gone into force mode where it becomes really aggressive and intense to the point where it's almost like shoving him in a corner like you know or I'll just leave you yeah. know sometimes and i i don't think it's the healthiest way but it has worked but i i don't think it makes him feel the best about it but i i just feel lost sometimes where i i feel like the more gentle approach and it's probably cuz i'm doing it wrong doesn't work cuz he's so patient and he's uh He's slower than me at at doing things. And so I have to learn a lot of patience. But when I feel like we're not getting anywhere and I'm saying the same thing over and over and he's not hearing it or something's not changing. That's when I go in the other extreme mode and said, you know, things like I I don't want to come back and be here until you're ready to talk about it, which is pretty forceful. Mm. But I'm learning what, you know, what. (laughs) (laughs) what may work best for both of us to also have, you know, the results.
1: Yeah. And I would add to that, like for anyone who's listening and for you, you know, like I think that we can't always know what our partner needs. Sometimes just asking them, like I, you know, saying I get really stuck in this interaction. Sometimes I feel like when we hit the same topic over and over again and we're kind of in this loop, I don't know what to do. And the only tool I have is to do X. What do you like that I do or that other people do for you? it's a why instead, so that I can try and do that and see if it works.
0: Okay. Oh, that's great. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) This has been a great (laughs) session. Well, thank you so much for talking about communication with all of us. And Molly will be back next week. Next week will be part two where she answers some of the questions that you all sent in. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings, and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.